episode number 51 of Down the Rabbit Hole with a very interesting topic. Oh. Ditch your smartphone, start daydreaming. Yeah, much Hello, better. Carl. Morning, Rafa. Yeah, I think um, this is an interesting topic mm-hmm. in that um, we've kind of touched on this kind of thing before. The uh, kind of zombification yeah. of people. I think in the last... Um, I don't know, two, three episodes have mm. been related somehow. Yeah. The topic has been related to yeah. all all together, have been related all together. It's been a bit of a thread, hasn't there, about technology and mm-hmm. how it's affecting the way we behave. Yeah. Certainly, if we compare uh, the way our lives are now compared to, I don't know, maybe 30 years ago, yeah, it's totally different. Absolutely. But I think... What we're going to talk about today is particularly relevant to that mysterious group called Millennials, I think. The Millennials, yeah. <laughs> Where, wherever they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Then uh, let's get on with the news. Let's do the news and then we'll get on with it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. And today we start with the news from outside of this world. Indeed, outside of this world, in fact, from Enceladus, right? Exactly, because uh, Cassini Mm. just returned, which is a pro, you know. uh, Going round and about. Going around, yeah. And has been going round and about for about 15 years, I believe. Exactly, yeah. It's that long, right? It's coming to the end of its mission. Mm -hmm. So, NASA says that the, the Saturn's moon has all the necessary ingredients mm. to create a, an environment for life. Exactly. It's got the building blocks, right? Yes, which are the basic uh, basic uh, building blocks of life. And uh, the probe, Cassini, detected uh, these um, components by flying through the uh, plumes that are coming mm-hmm. from these... Uh, they call them the tiger stripes, which are cracks on the surface. On the surface. And there's water vapor coming in. Yeah, and you were telling me that uh, NASA refused to do it again, right? Yes, that's right. I, I was saying to, uh, to Rafa before the program that um, I uh, read something or saw something on the TV somewhere uh, last week that um, Cassini only flew through this plume once because the plume uh, was sufficiently dense to potentially start Cassini tumbling. Uh-huh. And uh, NASA said, okay, we're not doing that again. <laughs> That's too risky. So, um, yeah, it only did it once. But um, when I say it only did it once, it's possible it only did it once at this low altitude. It may have mm-hmm. gone higher. Yeah, probably. But on this very low altitude, I think it was really close, something like 150 miles or something. Wow, really, really close. Very close. I and think that's right. Yeah, for whoever doesn't know, yeah, uh, those uh, components, components, blocks of life detected were carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, phosphorus, and, and sulfur. sulfur. It's got the lot. Uh huh. You could even make beer with that. I think. <laughs> well, if you, yeah, why not? If they made it, I'd buy it. Right? Uh-huh, it's as simple uh-huh. as that. So, yes, this is very interesting. And, of course, uh, Cassini's coming to the end of its life. Mm-hmm. It's run out just about of propellant. Yeah. And they've now put it into a different orbit where it is going to do about, it's going to attempt to do up to 20 loops, I think it is, going between mm-hmm. Saturn's rings and Saturn. And, in fact, yeah. yesterday I was looking at the very first 
pictures from, from the that ring. first pass uh-huh, through uh-huh. the ring. They're pretty spectacular, right? It's really, really interesting. And, of course, what they're going to do is they're going to dump Cassini into the Saturn atmosphere uh-huh. and hopefully get data until it gets... The moment off. until it's it, totally gone. It goes, and... Yeah. Um, and they're doing that to avoid it potentially crashing into Enceladus and <laughs> potentially polluting it. Polluted, yeah. You know, because we're good at leaving rubbish everywhere. Yeah, well, supposedly uh, all these kind of probes go into a very uh, clean environment, sterilized environment and so on, but, but... They can't risk it, can they? Exactly. I mean, we've all you seen... never know. We've all seen War of the Worlds, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, very interesting. And, and the next one... Yeah. The next one, oh yeah, this is the stuff, slightly nightmarish. Yeah, it's like a horror movie. Kind of, from this I'm sure will be on Netflix or Amazon Prime <laughs> or something. And, and the horror movie is not exactly the title of the news, but the procedure. Yeah. Because it seems that now scientists uh, found uh, a way that they could uh, rejuvenate an aging brain mm. with a protein found in an umbilical umbilical cord yeah in the blood in the blood yes and um apparently it is present in the umbilical cord and in the blood of young children is that correct yeah young humans as it's actually it has to be harvested this protein i like that word harvested that's it has uh, to be harvested that's not scary at all at the moment of birth from the cord blood cord blood And they said that it's actually this core blood is rich, a rich source of lot of uh, regenerative yeah. substances. This hematopoietic poietic stem, cell stem cells, yeah, found in bone marrow. Uh huh. Yeah, and it's saying that uh, this blood with these uh, these uh, tissue um, inhibitors, they call it, yeah, metalloproteinase two or TIM two. Team two, um, yeah. is found in the blood of young humans, so there is an opportunity for farming and harvesting <laughs> young humans. Yeah, I just newborns. I don't think it should be overlooked. Um, <laughs> this is where the horror movie this starts. This is where the horror movie comes in. <laughs> and, but, obviously, there's a slightly more uh, uh, acceptable thing, which is from umbilical cords of newborns. Uh-huh. And they're saying it can, as you say, treat up to 80 different 80 diseases. diseases. Yeah. Blood cancers, inherited blood diseases, a whole range of immune deficiencies, and uh, like dementia and and these kinds mm-hmm. of things. And they they tested it on these very put-upon mice. These Like, like usual, mice. yeah. I mean, the mice must, must be like, what, oh, me? No, again? Again? <laughs> Again with the testing. Yeah. Anyway, they tested on uh, these uh, specially uh, genetically engineered mice, and um, they saw quite uh, amazing improvements in some of them. Uh-huh. Um, how much was it? It was. They were. They had the equivalent of seventy human years oh, old. It. So imagine that was already an old. Uh, yeah. But uh, it impo- improved uh, something like uh, from 77. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I think it was something like it reduced the symptoms. By the something symptoms, like yeah. 50%, something like that. Something like that, yeah. And they ran, a, they ran a control group where they gave them blood from 
uh, humans, uh-huh. young people with an age, median age of 22. Uh-huh. And they also uh, noticed some improvement, but nowhere near Not as what they got with the... Uh, newborns. The, this, the harvested <laughs> blood. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, there you go. 30 to 50%. Yeah. That's a lot. That is a lot. I mean... Yeah. That is a lot. I mean, that is potentially breakthrough stuff, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But, of course, they're going to have to do this in uh, a trial with humans. Yes. Uh... But, of course, there'll no doubt be an endless queue of people wanting to sign up for this mm-hmm. because the things that they're talking about it affecting are really quite debilitating things, aren't they? Mm-hmm. That are really unpleasant so there's, I can imagine there's going to be no shortage of volunteers. Yeah, and actually, this uh, human trial, early human trial, was done already with 18 people. Yeah, it's quite small, though. With it? mild yeah. to moderate Alzheimer's disease. And they're waiting for the results. The trial is complete, but now the results are yes. expected the to problem, be published. The problem is that possible. the, the uh, subjects have all gone off on, a, on an 1830s holiday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're waiting for them to come back. <laughs> They've gone on spring break. <laughs> spring break, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's very, it. Yeah. Very interesting. Good news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good news for sufferers of those things. Okay. Let's move on with what's next. Okay. The main subject. Excellent. Ditch your smartphone, start daydreaming. Because I, I, I think almost everybody, or I think everybody, I don't mm. think there's nobody that has never, ever daydreamed. I hope not. I hope not, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you say, I hope not. Uh, yeah, but I think it's becoming an increasingly endangered mm-hmm. species in terms of mode of thinking, in that yeah. um, we've discussed before how we think there's a kind of a zombification of people going on. Using, de- using devices and consumers of people, social media. Yeah, I mean, you and I have commented previously on this program and elsewhere about how distracted people seem to be out on the streets. Mm -hmm. To the point that they don't know what's happening in their surroundings and terrible accidents happen. Yeah, I mean, we've reported on this program about Mm -hmm. uh, countries experimenting with um, embedding lights in the floor. Neon lights, too, so you can actually see them and... Get your attention. Near road crossings and mm-hmm. stuff like this, because so, there have been many accidents, right? Yeah, they force you to raise your head, yeah. get aware that you're about to cross, yeah, and pay attention. They, they get you to raise your head so that you, you can at least see the lorry that is about to run you over, right? Yeah. Um, and there was actually an article in the BBC, uh, on, in the UK media this week, uh-huh. actually, that I haven't put in here about how um, children... Uh, are um, being surveyed regarding their experience of uh, use of social media in the in the family setting, mm-hmm. and apparently something like sixty percent of children uh, up to the ages of eight or something have had to ask their parents to stop using their phones and and pay attention to the children, <laughs> which is this is a problem, right? Yeah. Um, because obviously it's affecting adults, mm-hmm. probably more younger adults, shall we say, probably maybe your age and a bit younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine it's my generation. 
um, but of course, you and I have commented before about young people, how distracted they seem to be, and how this is becoming something like an addiction. Well, which brings us to this thing about daydreaming, which is that mm -hmm. daydreaming is a very creative, or is a an opportunity mm -hmm. for creative thought. Yes. But it only occurs in certain circumstances. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't occur when you are engaged in yeah. terms of... Um, you're, you're having a lot of screen time, yeah. which doesn't allow you to focus... That's right. And have your brain working correctly to become inventive well, or just use your imagination. It's like exercising your brain, well, practically. Daydreaming literally is not focusing. Right? Yeah, exactly. Letting your mind wander mm -hmm. and make potential connections where you would never have made And if you haven't done that lately, try it one time. Well, you will be surprised. There is some very interesting yeah. research, which is what we've been looking at, to do with, mm -hmm. um, for example, in 2012, um, there, was, there was quite a lot of research done uh, by various organizations, but an interesting one was Nielsen, which is an, an American canvassing yeah. surveying company. Mm -hmm. And they found uh, in 2012, so that's five years ago. Five years ago. So clearly things will have got worse since then, that Americans um, spend uh, about 10.5 hours a day consuming media of various types. Mm -hmm. And uh, the UK, which is where I'm from, are very, or were very close behind at 10 hours. Now, the problem with this is is that it's changing the way people how shall we say are thinking about thinking mm -hmm. in that um we there's evidence that we're becoming more uncomfortable with just being alone with our thoughts and that we're constantly seeking out external stimulation mm -hmm. rather than just freewheeling free thinking which is where Uh, daydreaming comes yeah. from, right? And actually that uh, experiment that scientists conducted is a yeah. little bit scary. It is a little bit worrying. Because uh, they were offered to the people there yeah. two options. <laughs> you yeah. can sit alone here yeah. in a place with no distractions, nothing at all, just use yourself in a room yeah. for a period of five to from six to 15 minutes. Yeah, which sounds great to me. Sounds great. But yeah. the second option was Uh, you have your you can screen, avoid that. You, can, uh, you can avoid that for a mild electric shock. Yeah. The majority of people chose the shock. The shock. <laughs> That's shocking. <laughs> we are shocked, actually, yeah. by that revelation, aren't we? Uh, it, that, is quite, that is quite strange. It right? is. That you would, you would rather experience brief pain than just sitting quietly for five minutes. Uh -huh. I mean... What the heck's going on there? Yes. I have no doubt these were students that they were doing this on, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, millennial types. Yeah, and certainly, uh, the moment you have your eyes on the screen, mm. your brain is completely in a total 
different state. Exactly. It's in actually what's called this external mode, which is called um, System 2. Mm-hmm. Apparently there are these two general attention systems in the human mind that have been identified through many, many studies, and they're called external and internal or... Um, system 2 external. System 2 external. And System 1 internal. internal. Now, System 1 internal is the shall we say, the default go-to mode of mm-hmm. humans, which is a kind of, um, uh, is where de- daydreaming occurs. And um, basically you can't be in both states at once. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that because we're spending so much time... On um, System 2. On System 2, which is external, uh, we're, we are shifting the natural balance of our attention systems. And um, certain scientists or uh, certain scientists are beginning to express concerns about what this is going to do Um, because it begs the question, what are we doing to our brains Mm -hmm. by doing this? Obviously, it is not going to have an effect in the very short term, but if we continue... And it maybe gets worse. And can even become an evolution effect. Could it actually affect the structure of our brains? And we've already discussed previously on previous programs this concept of this epigenetics thing Mm -hmm. where you can have environmental factors when you're alive, say you're a female, Uh and yet there are environmental factors that affect you and that these traits can actually be passed on exactly to, to children. Yeah. And they're environmental factors. Now, is it possible that... I think this can be considered an uh, environmental factor. Oh, it kind of makes I mean, wonder, doesn't it? It will change completely the way your brain is working yeah. and is getting back uh, or holding back the creative ideas. Well, I again find this interesting in that I've read elsewhere that... A lot of um, um, very successful people um, spend literally no time on on social media. Mm-hmm. They just don't, right? Because it just wastes so much time. And right? I think we have seen it happening. I mean, even I have done that. Suddenly, mm. you open social media. Mm. Let's say one of the, the most fam- fa- uh, famous Facebook. Yeah. First, maybe you just want to check what are your um, alerts, you yeah, know. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking you about. Check. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> and then you end up in a, like in a chain. Yeah. You just keep on going from one thing to another, 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 and scrolling, scene. And then the next thing you know, it's tomorrow. And next thing, yeah, past already 30 minutes or one hour. Yeah. So it is actually, you actually lose... A sense of time, right? Well, you cannot, because you are completely concentrated in the screen. You're gone. And the odd thing about it is that it's meant to be social. Yeah. But it's actually, Actually, in many ways, it's antisocial, right? Exactly. It's like an alienation. It's like a, what's the word? Like atomizing your attention. You're just becoming separated. That's why 
it's better to consume audio podcasts than video because it's less screen time. It's less screen time. You can actually do something else while listening to us, for example. You, you certainly can while listening to us. Yeah. Um, while you wash dishes, while you do some exactly. stuff, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, working with something. We'll think of something. Right? Yeah. But, um, again, going back to um, the psychological factor mm -hmm. of... Um, this um, using this system to attention system all the time is how it is, how is it, or how is it going to begin to affect our ability to have creative thoughts? And the current view is that the consequences currently are not fully known or understood. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, all this time being spent uh, focusing on external stuff. Um, social media and mm -hmm. other media stuff. I mean, YouTube's another very good example of this. Yeah, it's what I'm saying. Link madness, it, it forces it? you to keep your eyes on the screen. Yeah, and there's always something there that triggers you. On the right side, oh, oh I just this have a video, look at that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and uh, you jump uh, from one to another. Yeah, that's right, yes. Been there, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I don't use Facebook at all. But you use uh, YouTube. But I do... I, yeah, I do go on YouTube and, uh, you know, I've been there and started fighting before, you know, like an hour's gone. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell happened? And um, somebody commented um, about um, this problem, um, an author called Amy Fries, who um, authored a book called Daydreams at Work, Wake Up Your Creative Powers. And... She has a very nice quote, which mm -hmm. is, any leader in any area, I can guarantee you they're a big daydreamer. And I think, I think this is probably true, actually. Mm -hmm. um, in order to have creative ideas, you have to daydream. And yeah. I think, again, <laughs> I mean, we... I think it's a balance here. You need to get to a balance, a balance. because... While you're in uh, system one, mm. daydreaming, mm. you get the ideas, you or, get the... the or, or at least the opportunities. The opportunities there. And then the system two is the one who yeah. you will rely on to maybe do them actually, yeah, well, take them to reality or... System one, daydreaming, you have your creative thought. And then yeah. system two, you go... Execution part. Yeah, but, you know... Or, Actually, you can't make money out of that, or somebody's no. already done that, or whatever. <laughs> but you've got to have the thought in the first place, and if you don't have no. the thought... Um, and, again, there was another study done uh, to do with um, creative thought, mm -hmm. and the thing in this study that showed improved performance to do with creative thinking was to not have external tasks. Mm -hmm. So, again, re-emphasizing this, um, this, uh, the importance of um, kind of just relaxing. Relax. Get your mind off everything. In a way, it's a bit like, not meditation, but just letting loose a bit. You know, just mm -hmm. letting go of the day-to-day stuff and that's where the creative thoughts come in mm -hmm. now we have talked many many times about conspiracy theories and all this yes. stuff right 
And we actually did a um, a podcast a few weeks ago about how the potential dangers of technology, media, and how they could be how this technology could be usurped to actually alter the way we're thinking. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about governance, government. Uh, governments would like well-behaved citizens mm-hmm. who don't argue, right? You get, they give you whatever they're going to give you, the crumbs from the table, and they need you to be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Now, the way to, um, one of the ways to get that is to get people zombified, isn't it? Yeah. And if you can, if you encouraged technologies that prevented people from thinking creatively... You control them. Then you have a compliant citizenry. Of course. And it kind of... I'm not, you know, I'm not making the link, but you kind of, again, think about... I think about when I was younger. Mm -hmm. uh, We used to have huge protest movements in the United Kingdom about nuclear disarmament and all this stuff, and people had be out there and protesting and all this stuff. Now, I know Cluj is a big student town, big university town, but um, I do wonder how much, if there has been a drop-off in social protesting in the last 20 or 30 years with the rise of social media. I wonder if anybody's actually studied the level of social, how shall I say, social action uh-huh. measured against the rise in social media. Social media. In other words, as we become more zombified or as younger well, people get more, they protest yeah. less. Right? Well, there was a linked to social media, there were some big uh, protests here in Romania that were worldwide, but it's not exactly what you're saying. The thing is that some people might say that social media could also help for... Obviously, it can help in certain circumstances. I think what you're saying is that those students and those people that are engaged in social media Mm. do not have the time to actually (laughs) think... Get out on the street or think of... What's wrong. Different solutions. Exactly. What mm-hmm. is wrong? What how, is wrong? How could I fix it? What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, again, you could say that social media is homogenizing people's ideas so that potentially, instead of there being many different ideas, mm-hmm. there are just a few ideas which are perpetrated and spread and, via social media. Yeah, actually, that's another interesting thing that, there's a lot of people that maybe they produce some quality content, if you want to say, mm-hmm. ideas, mm-hmm. express them on social media, mm-hmm. but most of the time they just remain there. Yeah, they don't circulating they, around. Maybe they get uh, they don't get into viral. the real world, right? Maybe they get viral, and a lot of people yeah. and oh yes, yes, yes. It's very important. But the yeah. action at the end is not there. It just goes uh-huh. because people are becoming more passive. Mm-hmm. Right? And I do wonder about that. So, again, good old-fashioned daydreaming. <laughs> we, we, yeah. were, we were talking before recording about 
as children how it never bothered us particularly. Yeah. Because we never had social media. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no YouTube. There was no Facebook. There was no anything. Um, largely, you made your own entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. Like we were saying, give a box to a child. Yeah. And let him handle something. Yeah, let him make something. <laughs> Turn into a <laughs> castle or a train or a... Or Just get into the box. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I've got a horrible feeling today that if you gave a kid a box, the first thing they'd do is look up a video on YouTube. <laughs> what to do, do with a box? box? Yeah. <laughs> that is taking away this uh, creative it's thinking. Independent thinking. Uh-huh. And It's true. And it does worry me that... Um, we are changing the way our minds mm-hmm. work and we're becoming more compliant. We're trying to find a solution to the, our problems in the media. In cyberspace. In cyberspace, believe, yeah. Right? So, again, this is to do with finding the right balance between, uh, again, something else I've, I've read about quite recently is about uh, people ditching their smartphones Mm-hmm. And just getting a simple phone that just, just makes phone, phone calls. calls. And, and SMSs, I think, but that's all. Yeah, and there's, there's, there's a big thing now with flip phones, you know, that it's uh-huh. very hip to just have a flip phone because you're that important, right? <laughs> that you don't have time <laughs> for anything. You don't anything. have time for all this stuff, right? All I've got is this flip phone, and if you need to get hold of me, then it either rings or it doesn't. You've either got my number or you haven't, right? Mm-hmm. And if I want to speak to you, I'll call you, right? Yeah, don't call me, I call don't you. Call me. I haven't got time, because right? <laughs> I'm really, really busy. So yeah. uh, there are kind of some little flashes of um, kind of inspired thinking, but it, in the end it all comes down to finding a balance, as we were mm-hmm. actually talking about before we started. Um How do you find that balance? Um, I mean, I have a smartphone, and um, I don't use very much... I certainly don't look at social media on it, because I don't use social media. I do do some stuff on YouTube, um, but generally speaking, I avoid social media, because I think it's... Mm -hmm. It's... um, stultifies your thinking it's like a it's like a blanket over your creativity and mm-hmm. so yeah so this is our thing for today which is do you really have to use that uh-huh. smartphone right now especially yes listen to this podcast but <laughs> while you're listening to this podcast don't be looking at facebook at the same time mm-hmm. and there is this book Yeah, and a very interesting book. Thinking Fast and Slow yeah. by Daniel Kahneman. Yeah. He was actually the winner of the Nobel Prize in Economics. He was indeed. And he wrote this book in 2011. It actually won a prize mm-hmm. for best creative work, helping the public understand topics in science and engineering. And the book is about what the central th- thesis is this dichotomy between these two modes of thought system one which is fast instinctive and emotional yes our internal where all the our internal life right mm-hmm. where all the all the brilliant stuff goes on 
And system two, which is this logical, slower stuff, which is actually what you're engaging when you're looking at your smartphone. Mm -hmm. It's the dumb version of you that's looking at social media. (laughs) True. Right. And again, if you think about artists... I doubt, unless an artist wants to wants to tell us otherwise out there, I doubt there are many artists are in, are inspired to great creative thoughts by being on social media, actively on it mm-hmm. at the time, because they're using the wrong system system of thinking, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, creative stuff. Yeah. You, you need to disengage with that. So the task for everybody is try to get 10 minutes of daydreaming. At least you have to start somewhere, right? I suppose it's a bit like... Um, like the experiment, six to 10 minutes. You're right. When I first started meditating, uh-huh. I actually started, and in fact, it was the same thing when I started running, same exact same process I used. It is. Which is that when I started meditating, I started with can I actually meditate for two minutes? Right? <laughs> yeah. And I actually got, I kept doing that and just increasing it slightly. And, I, and through doing that, I got up to 20 minutes, uh-huh. which was enough for me. And the same thing with running. I did it, run to there and never run less than that the next day. So slowly I got up to like five miles, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you're right, this... Finding a balance mm-hmm. can be done in a kind of stepwise fashion, can't it? Yeah. Do we recommend it? I think we should. I think we should. Um, yeah. I will tell you how Rafa got on with that <laughs> in, in a program, probably a few programs around now. <laughs> yeah. Because, Why not? Because you, you like, you're a social media user. Aren't uh, you? Yeah, but believe me, I also daydream a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Lara told me. So. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think the best moments. You, you know when, when the most I do actually when I'm traveling, right? When I'm going, for example, with a team mm. you know, on trips for games and so on, right? I usually just you know put my headphones to tune out, tune out completely from the noise in the bus, from yeah. the, everybody making jokes, disaster around, oh, you know, mm-hmm. having fun. And I like to just, you know, I wonder. My mind starts to I mean, go all, off. All the best thoughts are there, right? Yeah. I think. And that's actually the, when I do the most, hmm. I, think. Well, you, I think. Long hours. I of, think you've got to find your your moment, haven't you? You've got, mm-hmm. to, you've got to find the thing in your day-to-day life where you can kind of go, do you know, I'm going to actually ring fence that time mm-hmm. just to kind of tune out. Yeah. Uh, that's why... Probably nowadays, uh, everybody says that you have to be more productive, you have to do this. But sometimes to think about something, to create something, you need the time to also mm. be out of everything. You do, because you need to get things in perspective, don't you? Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to do that when you never give yourself any time to think. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So That's it. I think that's all we're going to do. We don't want to get preachy, do we? <laughs> no. But again, as you said earlier, we've kind of touched on, there's been a common thread running through a few podcasts recently about the effect of technology and uh, media. Media in general, social Um, media especially. Social media particularly, on the quality of our lives. And Mm -hmm. I personally have a personal mantra, which is 
quality, not quantity. Right? Mm-hmm. And I could quite happily live without uh, less of 100,000 friends. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My point exactly. So, anyway. There you go. There we go. Yeah, and uh, we've got an interesting and finally today because uh, it just happens to be related to this program in that to um, the name, yeah. it's weird. And it's all to do with a farmer in England uh-huh. and he stumbled across what he thought was a rabbit hole. <laughs> Hence our, uh, you know, reference to our yeah. program. And in fact, when he kind of stuck his head inside this rabbit hole, um, he actually found an underground sanctuary, mm-hmm. uh, dating its thought from around the 17th century and was thought to have been used by the Knights Templar. Yes. Which is obviously steeped in mystery and uh, uh-huh. and myth and so on. It's uh, it's very interesting because mm. it has been hidden and yeah. seems to be intact. Yeah, the photos are uh-huh. aren't they? Uh, you will be able to read and go yeah. and check the pictures on the show notes. It Click looks, on the link. It looks like a film set, right? Yeah. It does. Like you saw that Indiana Jones is going to appear in there. At any moment, right? <laughs> or Nicolas Cage or... Oh, know, yeah, exactly. After, after another national treasure. National treasure. Yeah. And uh, amazingly, these uh, this uh, sanctuary or caves or grotto, I think it was referred to, um, is only a meter under the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet they have remained largely... Um, mm-hmm. In their original, the interesting form. part is that uh, it uh, thought that it was built, or mm. they think they think that it was built in the late 18th or early 19th century. Yeah, and that's hundreds of years after the Templar Order was dissolved. Yeah, which was around 1200. 12. Something. Yeah, Something so like that, that that actually started to. Uh, yeah. Some conspiracy things yeah. like Templars are still were still there. Well, they, but they were thought to have uh, uh, gone through a bit of a diaspora, weren't they? Because uh-huh. they were meant. In fact, I can something I would like to mention is that the area where I'm from in England, uh-huh. uh, I actually know of a church in the middle of uh, nowhere, uh-huh. and it's a very old church, and. Uh, just inside the uh, church is a, a, a Templar grave. Uh-huh. And the grave has the normal Templar headstone or top stone, uh-huh. which is a figure of a knight led down with a sword, with a sword. like this. Uh-huh. And th- that is in that church. I've actually seen it myself. So uh, it was thought that when the Templars were being... Um, shall we say, hunted, disbanded, hunted down, which is uh-huh. what they were, basically. Because um, it was uh, because of a uh, an edict by the then Pope yeah. to kill them all. Uh, a lot of them, quite a few of them did escape. Some of them ended up in Scotland. Some of them ended up in England, and some of them went to other places. So it, it doesn't... So there could have been hangouts of the Templar yeah, for uh, sure. thing that went on for hundreds of years, couldn't there? And and where this um, this K 
cave is in uh, in Shropshire. That's it. Uh-huh. They're called uh, the Cainton Caves near a little place called Shifnal. Shifnal. Shifnal is that's pronounced. Uh-huh. In, I don't blame you for steering clear of that. Uh, <laughs> in, in Shropshire, which is a county in England. Um, so these you would pronounce Shropshire or Shropshire? That Shire. is sh- Shropshire. Okay. We kind of say sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know Americans would say Shropshire. Shire. Berkshire. I come from Lancashire. <laughs> we actually say Lancashire. Uh-huh. Like it's S-H-A. Uh-huh. Lancashire. Okay. Anyway, that's that part of the program. Over. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah, so the interesting thing about uh, these this grotto... Uh, is that um, they're not huge. Um, they're only about uh, six feet uh, high. Uh-huh. Uh, but, of course, people were far shorter then. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've remained dry, and uh, the photos are amazing. It's say. full of inscriptions, writings, and or... faces carved into Kind of faces, stone, yeah. Really quite weird stuff. And... Um, they were actually sealed up in 2012 yeah. to try and keep vandals and, and practitioners of black, black magic. magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not as often we get to say that, is it? Mm, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Just to touch on the um, the Templars, like who were the Templars. Uh-huh. And for those of you who are not too familiar with it, um, they were a, a military order founded in the 12th century, uh-huh. and they guarded, their initial, purpose, the was initial to, purpose was to guard pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem, Jerusalem on the yeah. pilgrim trail. Mm-hmm. And they actually used to be on the Campanar thingamabob that goes through Spain. Uh-huh. They were on that trail as well. Now, what actually happened was that the uh, Knights Templar actually became the initially the world, they became bankers. They were uh, because, richer and more powerful than the church. That's right, because pilgrims used to give them their money and the the, a temp, the Templars would give them like a banker's draft uh-huh. so that when they got to where they were going, they could then present the draft to the Templars there and they would give them the equivalent money. Uh-huh, and this uh-huh. is how they became these bankers. Uh-huh. And they became very rich to the point where the Vatican decided, we've had enough of that. Uh-huh. And uh, they um in 1905, yeah. Uh, Pope 1905. Urban II promised the knights yeah. of Europe forgiveness forgiveness of their sins if they yeah. went on a crusade to win back Jerusalem for Christianity. Yeah. And they said we'd rather not do that because we've got this big banking empire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they were ordered to disband well, and were, then were hunted. They were actually ordered to be killed actually in mm. one in one night. Oh, that sounds like Order 66. Friday the 13th. That's where it it comes from. The bad luck. That was the order. Friday the 13th. Kill Uh them all. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So there you go. That is our... And finally... You know, yeah, before that, I just got the resemblance again with the Star Wars movies. Right. Because if you think about the Night Templars... Yeah. All the knights, Jedi knights, Jedi were knights. killed also by one order, issued the Order 66. I see. All to be killed at the same time. All to be killed at the same time. Yeah. But that is obviously a rip-off. 
It's of, a ripoff of the, of the Templars. Templar myth, right? Well, yeah. the Templar legend. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, it was. They were meant to be killed in one night. Uh-huh. So, interesting. Very yeah. interesting. So there you go. That is our arm finally. Yep. Very interesting. Have a look at the photos. They are fantastic. Fantastic, yeah. yeah. And we reached the end of the short of today. Yeah. Very good. I liked it. I, I like the day- daydreaming. I'm going to encourage Rafa to delete all his friends on social media. Uh-huh. So not- if you are my friend and you are listening, yeah, you're start not now. to panic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's uh, an interesting area. And um, yeah. Well, actually, I spend less time in social media in the meaning that, uh, or in the sense that I'm not talking actually to people there. No. I actually try to avoid that. Engaging, shall we say, yeah. so much. Uh-huh. And I, I think this mantra of quality, not quantity, mm-hmm. is something. I think now, nowadays, less and less I like things in Facebook or mm. stuff like that. Probably I just check what announcement I have, alerts, and yeah. so on. And yeah, maybe I still like one thing or two, but I'm not really like. Uh, Obsessively, obsessively checking, uh, sharing or, things and mm. posting statute or statue updates, and but I of, don't really. But of course, there's not just Facebook. There's all these other oh, kind of Instagram kind of stuff and Snapchat, Snapchat, and God uh-huh. knows what. Twitter, maybe not so much, but um, depends where you live. I believe. Mm, I think you're right. I think you're right. Some because in some countries, uh, Twitter is bigger than in another. So yeah, not that it's very big. But. um, yeah so there you go that was uh, we thought it was quite interesting please share your thoughts with us about this yeah if you have any comments write them in the show notes on Facebook just send us an email yeah I'd rather you didn't do it on Facebook (laughs) (laughs) after we talk probably (laughs) although you will still find people there so you could send us either a telegram (laughs) smoke signals uh, or snail mail (laughs) a letter Okay. Okay. Thank you. We talk to you next week. See you next week. Down the rabbit hole. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Dark Mind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved. Dark Mind Radio 2017.